1: You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction.
0: And
2: now we go into the thick of it.
1: Uh oh. Uh oh.
2: Erin Addison's
1: on American Family Radio. It's great to be with you. Thanks for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Rob is over in Studio CC. And we're going to open the phone lines up uh, in the last segment of the show, get your take mm-hmm. on some of the topics that we intend to cover uh, today what I do want to do maybe the first and um, half of the second segment is just kind of look at some news headlines that I think um, are just worth mentioning, worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we'll be encouraging to our brothers and sisters in the Lord, you know, just obviously look, everybody's still aware we're still, we're all still here. <laughs> right? yeah. We're, we're all still God. sort of, you know um, you know, walking through everything. And so, um, yeah. but um one of the things that we want to do is make sure that we recalibrate and that we constantly keep our focus on the Lord and um, focusing on those things that are praiseworthy, those things that are happening that are good, that um, even um, by means of God's incredible grace, we mm. get to see the goodness of God mm-hmm. um, in humanity. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's wonderful when we get those um, maybe the rare glimpse of of. God's goodness in mankind. I mean, it's just great. And yeah. so we're going to talk about some of those stories. And then where we ultimately want to land is an article I was reading that was sort of uh, talking about um, Pastor David Jeremiah's Sunday sermon this past okay. Sunday. And the big question coming from Pastor David Jeremiah, whom you and I respect greatly, mm-hmm. Will the Great, I mean, has really <laughs> yeah. been a blessing to the body of Christ, kept himself from scandal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just really... um He's, he's got a great name, and so right, we appreciate right. that. Um, but Pastor David Jeremiah asking the question, is what is happening in the world right now, when you look at uh, the coronavirus, the, the pandemic, is this a sign, um, or is this one of these signs that Jesus told us would portend his return? And so um, I thought it was really interesting to read, but I, I thought additionally where Pastor Jeremiah came to land was, um, I thought was even better. I mean, I think it's, it's great for us as believers to not be dull. Mm -hmm. Of course, we don't want to, um, you know, be easily dismissive of the things happening around us because these things do happen and they do point to something that we should be paying attention to. Right. At the same time, we don't want to write things into the Bible that are not in the Bible. Right. Right. We don't want to make things prophecy that are not prophecy. And uh, so I thought that was really great, great balance. And I think we we, if we can, if everything goes according to plan and we allocate our minutes wisely, (laughs) um, then we'll end up there. And from that point, open the phone lines and and get some of our listeners take on what's happening here and what they see um, as far as, you know, us awaiting the return of our Lord. And um, so that's something that we don't want to lose sight of. So anyway, having said all of that, um, is there anything that I'm leaving out? Will the Great, is there anything that you wanted to start with? Um, I know you sent me a couple of stories uh, and yeah. and they're included in my list too, but no, no, I think you? we
2: can go forward, but you know, I think, you know, we got to continue to be vigilant. I'm thinking about the coronavirus stuff stuff, the Chinese virus, whatever you want to call it, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I, you see different stories about numbers can in, in increasing, uh, steadily yeah. increasing, you know, but at the same time, we're just believing that, that God will bring us uh, through this. And, and that as we do our part, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the Lord would do his as well. So but I have not, nothing uh, else to to add to that except for, you know, let's just stay vigilant and be prayerful. You know, yeah. don't waste this time. I heard a, a great uh, word from it was a missionary who's in Mozambique. And she was saying, um, you know, she, they have been praying for America, praying for Italy over in Mozambique. And she was saying that we don't have the resources and all the riches and stuff, but we can offer prayer And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just powerful. It's so good. And she was saying, don't waste this time. She called it, you know, don't waste your quarantine (laughs) time, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just in frivolous activities, you know, just loading up movies and things like that. But uh, use this time to draw closer to daddy. And uh, and I thought that was just an awesome word and something to encourage us.
1: I want to say one other thing um, to the point, and you kind of started to touch on this when, you know, we talk about some of the stories that we're reading that are very concerning. That's another thing that Pastor uh, Jeremiah alluded to, and, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show, but just to to kind of um, remind us that we have to be very careful about what we're consuming because, you know, the the danger is in the extremes of how we react to what we consume, right? That's the mm-hmm. danger. The danger is in how we react, the extremes of how we react to the information, That we consume. And in on one extreme, you don't want to be, um, you know, just anxious and fearful and not able to function, just, you know, not able to able to sleep during the night and all Mm -hmm. of these different things that that threaten um, people when you consume that much information. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you don't want to be overly dismissive where you're just like uh, you begin to almost have sort of a callous response when you hear about the death toll. Right. Because when we see these numbers, and this is something, again, we speak as Christians to Christians, right? right we speak right. as Christians to Christians. So we don't want to have this approach where we're like, oh, it's just media hype. And they're just, you know, exaggerating this and exaggerating that. And when you have these actual numbers, you have actual families who are experiencing actual death. Um, we should we should have compassion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We should, you know, some of the stories that I'm reading, um, especially, you know, <laughs> you look at what's going on. And in, in, in certain areas of the country and you're just, I mean, it just grieves you. You don't want to um, harden your heart in that way. You mm-hmm. know, we understand that we have um, a liberal press that dominates um, our news outlets. Right. And mm-hmm. we understand that they have an agenda. At the same time, what we have to then do, I guess, is work harder with the facts that we're given.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. We have
1: to work harder with the facts that we're given, but don't allow them um to run you in the opposite direction where then your heart is hardened and it's sort of like, Oh, so what, you know? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Somebody else died. No, it's, I mean, it's, somebody has entered into eternity where they're, you know, yeah. where they're going to be. And and that's something that is important for us to, to pause and take a moment to think about as well. So anyway, um, enough of that. I want to talk about this story that is running in people magazine and, um, It's about Alicia Keys. I don't know if you saw this, Will the Great, but Mm -hmm. I think this is an incredible story. We're talking about Texas and Louisiana, Mississippi, all shutting down abortion clinics and um, in in their states. And then also, of course, you've got states that are still, you know, saying, no, um, it's (laughs) necessary. It's it's you know, we you know, it's a necessary procedure to murder babies. Um, Virginia, Mm. Northern, (laughs) you know. Right. Okay, we understand. Um, and, and they're not the only one, Massachusetts, you know, they're not the only one who are doing this, still devaluing human life while trying to compel you to care about human life. Mm. I mean, it just, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where you're like, wait a minute, where, how do you want me to feel? Am I supposed to be valuing human life? Are we in a state of emergency, so to speak, or aren't we, you know, do we continue on murdering babies as, as usual, Um, But anyway, this story running um, about Alicia Keys, because she has a new book that's coming out. If you're not familiar with Alicia Keys, she's a very, very well-known singer. Um, She, I don't know how else you would describe her, but she, she was also on the, um, oh my goodness, the the reality uh, TV show, The Voice. Is it the voice where they all oh, they have the, the chairs the that chairs. rotate? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, the yeah. The voice. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. Again, not endorsing this nor Alicia Keys' music, <laughs> but I think this story is phenomenal. And whenever the world, whenever the world has an opportunity to come face to face with the truth, I think is always a good thing. And if someone from among them can do this, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then that's all the better, right? Yeah. So Alicia Keys has this new book coming out. Um, It's an autobiography. It's called More Myself. And she's 39 years old. And in the book, she talks about discovering that she was pregnant. She and her husband, um, she's married to a producer, rapper, Swiss Beats is Mm -hmm. his name. And they had a child in 2010. And then in 2014, she learns that she is pregnant with child number two. And she's already four months along. (laughs) four months along. And so she writes in this book, and I'm going to read here uh, from this people magazine article, because I think this is incredible. She writes this. I wasn't ready for this, which is what I told my doctor. This is the worst time ever. I'm working on my next album. My husband just got into Harvard business school and I've been drinking a (laughs)
2: lot.
1: She writes, I left her office feeling so torn. So this singer left her doctor's office at four months pregnant, contemplating strongly aborting this child.
2: Yeah.
1: Because it just wasn't a good time for her.
2: Right. She just, she's
1: got a lot going on her, her, you know, her career is, and I'm thinking of Michelle Williams, her (laughs) albums coming out. She's got a lot going on in 2014, but then something happened and she went into um, a studio and she writes in the book that she was listening to music um, that she and her husband had written together And the song was more than we know. And then she says the lyrics um, really kind of jumped out at her and she began to be emotionally overcome by what she was actually singing, that we are capable of so much more than we can ever imagine. (laughs) And then she recalled learning from her mother Mm. that her own mother had contemplated abortion with her. (laughs) And she said she had this revelation. She had this revelation that her mom having no idea of the potential that was in her chose life Mm. and her mom didn't know what she was capable of. Right. Yeah. But chose life. And she had this revelation that how could she rob this child of this child's potential? Mm. I don't know who or what this child will be or the reason that this child was given to me. And so obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious people, if you're not familiar with her, she chooses life.
2: Yeah.
1: So, I'm reading this story, right, <laughs> and I'm thinking this is exactly the opposite of what made news headlines all across the country when Michelle Williams took an opportunity to talk about the opportunities that she wouldn't have had mm-hmm. if she had not aborted her child. And, and
2: I, I, I would have to think that people within her her peers or her field would look at that like, ah, I wish she wouldn't have came out with that. Because it's so like pro- Oh, my goodness. You know, this this is yes. That's a (laughs) pro-life testimony.
1: It is completely (laughs) pro-life. It uses the best pro-life arguments. Right. (laughs) I mean, you know, and even the (laughs) I would say the best pro-life arguments that people think are tired arguments, Mm -hmm. you know, and say the people who are (laughs) pro-choice, it's amazing that they've already been born. You know, I mean, it's true. Right. Like, I think it's just one of those moments where for Alicia Keys, you know, she really comes face to face with the reality that this is a person who has been given life by God. Mm. Right. And this person has potential and there are things that this person is going to do. And who am I to decide? I don't know. And I don't care. Yeah. And that's what our country right now, really, truly we're in the throes of celebrating that in so many different ways that, you know what? I don't care. I don't know what potential is there and I don't care. And that's what gets a lot of airtime. That's Mm. what gets a lot of uh, coverage and news stories. And so I thought this was a great story. And we'll put the full story in the link uh, in the show notes so that you can read it for yourself and share it with your friends and family. Even if you're not familiar with Alicia Keys, you'll be uh, maybe pleasantly surprised to know that there are a lot of people who are. Go ahead, Mother Green.
2: I was just thinking about something that we read today in in Acts. And and, and we are living in a time of shout your abortion where they want to be proud of, you know, of what they're doing, killing Mm -hmm. babies. And I was reading and we were reading in the book of Acts how uh, the, the people of what it was Ephesus were uh, sh- shouting for like two hours. Great is Artemis. Great is great is Artemis. And, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I, I, and J.D. was like, how, you know, and Mariah was like that, too. Like, How would they do that for two hours? Like shout two hours. Great is Artemis, you know. But we're living in a time right now where people are saying shout your abortion and be proud That's of this. Right. They're shouting, you know, things that would be demonic you know mm-hmm. wicked and it, mm-hmm. you know so I was just kind of going back in my mind to what we were talking about earlier in, in, in Acts 19 and uh, I was like man in America we're not any better we're doing the same thing just in a different way you're
1: absolutely right and you know not to go too far but well I would even say that that entire example there where there's this riot at Ephesus where Demetrius the one who is making these little shrines the idols, um, yep. you know mm-hmm. these little idols um, he sees that his industry is affected right. by the gospel. There's money
2: being touched by that.
1: Okay, right, <laughs> and so the riot is sort of sparked by you know, hey, wait, my bottom line, my right. my my economy is going to be affected if people don't buy idols, right? And so the same thing you see happening as the pro-life message gets out there front and center, then you see other measures being employed, which would be mm-hmm. what you're suggesting here: shout your abortion, be proud that you take innocent life, that you shed innocent blood. All right, we gotta grab the break. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. No. Addison's on American Family Radio. Man, Will, I, I appreciate you. Well, thank you. <laughs> Such a great
2: job with the music. I really do appreciate it. I'm Mickey. And I'm Will, and that's Fred Hammond with No Weapon.
1: Man, what would it what would it be like for us for for Christians? And and we often have this kind of question floating around because we want to keep us focused on the main thing that we are purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ that means we live in this world but we're not of this world mm-hmm. so we are in it and we're navigating it but we're not supposed to think like the people around us we're supposed to be living counterculturally right so we're supposed to have a different approach to life a different approach to circumstances which means that yeah you know there are things that are happening that are around us that that are bad um, but but do we have a hope that's higher than what we see? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, yes, we Amen. do. Yes, we do. We don't have to be dismayed. And so I hope that that continues to be your encouragement and not only your encouragement, but the encouragement that you share with those around you. Yes. All right. Um, so here's some great information um, from New Orleans or mm-hmm. well, from Louisiana. Yeah. i um, just finally doing something right. I, I mean, <laughs> hey, I say finally, I'm joking because <laughs> I'm, I'm from there, sort of. I'm I'm from (laughs) there. I get to pick I get to pick Mm -hmm. on New Orleans and I I get to pick on Dallas um, being from both of those places. Right. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, Drew Brees and his wife have committed uh, five million dollars to Louisiana's coronavirus relief efforts. Um, Now, this is a petty commentary here. (laughs) That's the story. Okay, that's the story. But Uh here's there's no word yet as to whether or not any of the 5 million will go to the rodent problem that's happening in the French Quarter right now because everything is shut that's down That's
2: funny. That's funny. Yeah, I saw <laughs> what, that. What th- is it when the cats gonna... away the mice ah, will play Exactly. When the people are away. <laughs>
1: man. <laughs> when there's no um, food
2: and crumbs on the road.
1: It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. I man. It's bad. Um I was watching some of the um the video footage, you know, listening to the mayor and listening to um I know there was some woman, I can't remember even what her title was. I think it was like Chief (laughs) President uh, Extraordinaire of Pest Control. I don't know. And uh, they were just talking about the measures that they're taking (laughs) um, to control the rodent problem because there's a viral video that shows because, you know, the city itself basically has come to a shutdown. It's much like New York Mm -hmm. City. Um, You see, it's just very eerie. There are not people out there. And so the mice are like Wait a minute.
2: Nah, say the you rats.
1: Know. Okay. You're no bigger than my, the rats. <laughs> they're, they're not mice. No. They're not mice. Mice are what you call your exterminator for. Rats <laughs> are what you just like tear down the city because of. Like you're like, you know what? We can't even fix this problem. Um, but I feel, I feel like the rats are sort of like, where's our stimulus package?
2: <laughs> right. I feel
1: like they're like, we haven't gotten meals. We don't know. <laughs> like I feel like they're out there scurrying about and they're like, Oh, it's disgusting. Anyway, but so Drew Brees and his wife, here's the story. <laughs> here's a good story, right? Drew Brees and his wife have committed $5 million to Louisiana's coronavirus relief efforts. And uh, this is what they said in a tweet that was shared Um uh, after considerable research and conversations with local organizations, we will be mobilizing our partnership with Second Harvest Food Bank, Auctioner Health Systems, Walk Ons, Jimmy Johns, Small Sliders, and Waiter to prepare and deliver over 10,000 meals per day mm-hmm. um, throughout Louisiana for as long as it takes uh, for children on meal programs. And seniors and families in need, and so well, this job. is incredible. That's that is great, great news. Drew Brees just really loves the yeah, city of New Orleans.
2: He, he's adopted the city, and you know that's a great. You know, I'm still mad at him from last year, but uh, he, what do you
1: mean? I don't know. You,
2: know, you I mean? remember when he flip flopped when he pulled back his? uh anyway,
1: can you focus on the good? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're. But talking uh, about. you know, but
2: but yeah, I think this is great, yeah. and this is putting his money where where his mouth is, and he's really. Yeah. Has uh, adopted the city, and I think it's going to do a lot of good, you know, for that for that area. And I think mm-hmm. those those restaurants he's listed, I know at least Walk On's is one that he. I I don't know yeah. about the other ones. He maybe he has some ownership in them as well, mm-hmm. but that's great to take those resources and feed the hungry. And uh and and I was thinking about what we're doing uh here, uh with AFR AFA yeah. with Eight Days yeah. of Hope. You know, JD and I had a chance yesterday to go to uh, deliver some meals, uh to the elderly. Uh, mm-hmm. people who may not be able to get out to go to the grocery stores and things like mm-hmm. that. I just want to stay away, stay in their homes. So we were able to bring some meals to them. So that was an awesome experience. Uh, it was a good bonding time for me and J.D. as well. J.D.
1: enjoyed that. Will the Great. <laughs> Let me just tell you, he told me, he he said, Mom, that was so much fun. Like, I'm, he was so glad. Well, and good. so when you came home and told him that you volunteered to deliver meals and then you told him that he his little life. I mean, he was like, I mean, he, he was ready to go that day. But I think it was still like a couple days out. Yeah. And so uh, anyway, so yesterday in the morning, I don't know if you were aware of this, but he was just like, what do I need to wear? How do I like he was ready to <laughs> go? Because um, no, we've been cool. talking about that. We've been talking about how we live our lives in service to the Lord, which means also serving others. Yeah. And so when you have those practical opportunities where you can do that, where mm-hmm. it's within your uh, capacity to do it and you do it, I think it's great. And, man, yeah. he enjoyed hanging out with you and, and being able to do
2: that. Yeah. It was a great time. We, you know, we had, uh, it was a long ride, so it, we yeah. was able to talk, <laughs> you know, and uh-huh. I was able to ask him questions. And, you know, we just talked about some things that he wanted to do, you know, even going forward, you know, because mm-hmm. I just wanted to get, like, what do you like to do? What do you want to do? You know, that's something. So it was just a good time of um, just bonding and uh, going on a, like an adventure, you know. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's very
1: good. I think that we can do that in all of our areas, you know, find out where the needs are. And if it's within your power to help, then do that. Like, you know, let's not just consume the bad news and let that shape us. You know what I mean? Let's not just consume the bad information and Mm -hmm. cause, you know, I don't know, just depression and things like that. But Let's be mobilized. Let's do the things that we can do to help. Um, I have two stories here, one out of Arizona, and then we'll travel um, over and on down to Florida where people in their local areas are doing what they can to respond to the needs of people around them, but also the businesses that they love. And this Mm. is really, really cool. So you go from Drew Brees, who is sort of, um, I guess you would say financially at the top and allowing for resources to trickle down. These two stories are resources that are down there trickling up, if you will, if if that makes (laughs) sense. So one customer in Prescott, Arizona gave um, an anonymous gift to a pizza shop owner and asked that pizza shop owner to distribute that however they saw fit to their employees. Mm. Just someone who eats at this particular pizzeria mm-hmm. on a regular basis and said, you know, we love this We love this restaurant. So wow. please take this money. This is a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And um, the restaurant owner is taking that money along with his own personal money mm. and inviting his employees, some of them that he's had to furlough. Mm -hmm. But he's inviting his employees to bring the bills that, quote, according to this article, stress them out the most. Wow! Bring the bills that stress you out the most and we will see what we can do to get them done, to get them taken care of.
2: Those are the kinds
1: of stories that are great stories that I think we need to be talking about and I think we need to be sharing. Then in Florida, um, a Florida diner received a $10,000 tip Hmm. from... An anonymous, you know, um, restaurant goer—I mm-hmm. guess who was just doing like the pickup—you pick up and go. So mm-hmm. they were not a yeah. diner; like right. they were not dining in. Um, but anyway, they were getting some food to go and left a ten thousand dollar tip, specifically wow. asking this restaurant owner to give five hundred dollars to each of their employees. Wow. That's phenomenal, yeah. like that's the kind of stuff that you know, when you see that happening, you just go, man, you know, yeah
2: that's awesome. this
1: this is sort of what I feel like we we should be about,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: more so, I don't you know, and I and I anyway, I think <laughs> American resources should help Americans, yeah, right I, I do, I Amen. think that I agree and and when you see things like this happening, I think this is what helps us and and again. We can't know 100 percent where people will go. will. Mm -hmm. but I think these are the kinds of stories that remind us that people are not just laid up expecting socialism to take care of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think those are great examples. And I wish that type of stuff would happen beyond times of uh, disaster as well. You know, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think it's great for people to step up like that and to do that. It it shows that um, there's thought about. Their fellow American, you know, that yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. they're, t- they're taking into their hands what they can do, you know, to help out in the situation, and uh, that's that's great, you know, that's that's just a great example uh, that we can all follow and and see how we can help in, uh, in different areas as as well.
1: I hope more of that continues. You know, yeah. I know that there was a story of um, uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook like going into their reserves and donating masks and things like that, and mm-hmm. we talked yesterday about. Um, My pillow, uh, designing, Damn. manufacturing masks, and all of that stuff. I think that all of those are the truly American stories those that really set our nation apart. And if you're not consuming enough of that, um, do more. So those, those <laughs> do,
2: Mike, those Mike Lindell masks would they be pretty soft? Man, I more? don't know because you don't. <laughs> you <laughs> do don't want the, hospital what, staff called? falling asleep. Geezie, the the
1: Gizacotton.
2: Giza cotton on those mask. No. You
1: don't want yeah, you know, I don't know. You gotta you gotta
2: be careful. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Um
1: I was I was joking with J D and uh J D really enjoys watching political debate. He enjoys watching political conversation and uh he, he asked me last night after we were kinda winding down, he said, I would offer to watch the news with you, he says. He goes, but all they're talking about is coronavirus and he goes, I really wonder where Joe Biden is.
2: <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Sometimes Joe I Biden feel like I'm talking Joe to Biden a 75
1: is. year old man when I talk to J.D., you know,
2: Joe Biden wonders where Joe Biden is.
1: Joe Biden doesn't know where he is. Oh. So I, he said, I just really he said, I prefer that, you know. And then he goes, and where's Bernie Sanders? And so, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, but my, my point is this, even, you know, even at 10, you can know when you've had enough of the coronavirus information. Right. right. <laughs> Sometimes it's just too much. <laughs> it's just overload. And you know what? Um, Pastor David Jeremiah, which this will be a great transition for us to get into the question as to whether or not um coronavirus is Bible prophecy. Mm. Right. That's I think there's been some question about that. You know, um, there'd be some people who will say, See, I told you this here it is, we're here, you know. I mean, you um, see some
2: of the things, it seems like it, you know, when you read the scriptures in Luke twenty one, it's like pestilence true. and you know.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Matthew twenty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Um but, you know, I will say this, that if you're talking about um, pandemics and mm-hmm. things like that, the coronavirus is not the first one. Mm. Right. And probably won't be the last. I think if there's any prophecy in it, and not to jump too far ahead, but I think if there's any prophecy in it, um, it would be in these things increasing like birth pangs. Mm. You know what I yeah, mean? So that yeah. so that now it's not happening um, as sporadically as it once did. But now mm-hmm. it's happening more frequently. The same thing it with is. earthquakes, the same thing with wars and rumors of wars that, you know, the description is that of a woman in labor. And so y- well, you don't know this personally. No, I mean, but I've Lord been around. bless you. <laughs> Lord not personally. You. No, you don't. You don't know this personally.
2: Right. And I don't but want the- to.
1: <laughs> well, and that's good that's what we want we want to preserve that in culture where men don't want to experience labor pain
2: exactly because they got some out there anyway was, that's ahead. just
1: not true everywhere <laughs> that's not true in every part oh my god. Um, anyways um but i think that what might be prophetic and what we're watching and what we're observing is the frequency of these types of pandemics the frequency of these types of epidemics and things like that Um, But it's not to be looked at in isolation, because when you look at the prophecy that came from the Lord when he told us what to watch for, right, and what to Mm -hmm. be aware of, it's not just one thing happening. But it seems to be almost a series or a collection of different things happening and the frequency of that kind of ramping up to where you know that we're getting closer. Mm. Look, we are closer. We're closer today than we were yesterday to the return of the Lord. And so we have to live with that sort of imminent thinking that the Lord is coming again. He is coming again. And that should guide our engagement. (laughs) That should guide the way we process coronavirus information. True. Right? I mean, you know, that the Lord is coming again. And then the question for us as Christians then becomes, okay, so how do we live in light of this promise that's real? Mm
2: -hmm. How do we
1: live in light of this promise that is true? Mm -hmm. It's not that we're staking our claim and our hope on you know never ending security here
2: Mm -hmm, right
1: right but it's that we're looking ahead to what has been promised to us and that the lord is faithful and um and you know the apostle peter in his in his second letter how he wrote look you know if we've already seen these things happen you talk about this first world Mm -hmm. uh destroyed deluged by water yeah and we know that that has already happened Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. then the second time will be by fire. And when we hear these things, sometimes it seems so, um, I don't know, like it should be its own YouTube channel because people are just not affiliated with the scriptures. Like they're not acquainted with the scriptures. Right. And so when you hear things like this, it sounds like conspiratorial or mm-hmm. it sounds like something that is like, Oh, that's for the fringe <laughs> believers. But yeah. this is our faith. Yeah. If, if right. you are a Bible believing Christian this is what you believe. This is what is written in the scriptures. And so anyway, go ahead. You were going to say something with we'll the great?
2: No, I was just agree with you that exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So then this story here, um mm-hmm. Pastor David De- David Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Was, mm-hmm. was was <laughs> was preaching on a uh, Sunday and he was asking this question, is the coronavirus Bible prophecy? Should we be looking at this as Bible that's prophecy? That's a good question. And um question. and so and that's that's what he led with. And yeah. then here is what he says. He says that reminds us that Jesus says that in the future that there are going to be going to be signs that Mm -hmm. portend his return that let us know that he is coming again Mm. and he points to Luke chapter 21 and then also Matthew chapter 24 that gives us a list of six signs that we should be looking for that let us know that we're at that point time, Hmm. emphasis on that time, Mm -hmm. including deception by false Christ disputes and warfares among nations, um, deliverance of believers to tribulation, um, the defection of false believers. And boy, have we talked about that? The great falling away as it's also known. Um, and then also the preaching of the gospel to the whole world. Yeah. These are all things that we should be looking at together, not just in isolation. We'll grab the break and we'll pick up right here when we come back. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Stay close.
2: Your name is stronger than sin.
1: He asked him, Teacher, when will these things be and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Hmm. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, And wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up, even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. Mm. Uh, Luke chapter 21, and uh, beginning at verse 7. Uh, this was the backdrop and the basis for Pastor David Jeremiah's sermon uh, answering the question of whether or not the coronavirus is one of the signs. Like, are, is this a sign that the return of the Lord is near? Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki.
2: and I'm Will as Darius Park with Strong Name.
1: Want to get some calls queued up? I'll continue on with this, but if you want to comment on anything that we've talked about today, some of the good stories, maybe that are making national headlines that we didn't discuss, but you are aware of and you want to share those just to encourage the body of Christ. You're welcome to do that. Uh, Maybe there are areas uh, you're in your places in your local area where things are happening. Um, Let us know about that. Encourage the body of Christ today. Then also the conversation about signs and um, whether or not the coronavirus and this pandemic that we're currently in is a sign that portends or that points to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will talk to you today if you want to talk to us. The number is 888 589 8840. This is what Pastor David Jeremiah said in his sermon on Sunday. He was talking about these six signs that Jesus um, identifies. And um, then he, he asked this question Is this a sign, talking about the coronavirus, of the second coming of Christ? And I'm quoting Pastor Jeremiah here. He says, I cannot say with any sense of certainty that it is, but neither can I say with any certainty that it is not. It could be the early evidence of number three on Jesus's sign list, the coming of pestilence,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, the coming of pestilence. And then here is something else that I think is also encouraging and instructive for the believer. He says, Pastor David Jeremiah says, Jesus said that this pestilence would arrive like birth pains. This means that it will increase in frequency and intensity in the time leading up to his return. This means that as the end approaches, we should expect infectious disease outbreaks to occur more frequently, impact more people, mm-hmm. and be more deadly. And then he said, "This is what the coronavirus threatens to do." Now, I want to kind of hang out there a little bit as the calls get queued up, well, because mm-hmm. I think that that's something that is a little bit um, counterintuitive. Like we don't, we don't want to expect more of this. Right. Right. Right? We don't, we don't want to expect more of this. Yeah. And yet at the same time, as we hasten the return of the Lord, as we're like, we want to see the return of the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. There are certain things that, are promised to take place. There are things that are promised to happen. And again, I think the response here, though, you know, even though we have this, and, and it almost seems like a, like a, like a morbid expectation, right? Mm-hmm. That there's going to be all of these horrible things that happen. And as a Christian, you're looking around and you're saying, is this the time? I don't think we have to be like that. Yeah. You know, I don't think we have to be um, having this kind of paranoid response. But I think that we need to be sober minded. Yeah. Right?
2: You know, even in the scriptures where it talks about Jesus coming back like a thief in the night. But he's talking about that. We don't have to be surprised by his coming back because that's we're right. Expecting it. You know, we're not of the ones that's going to be caught off guard because we are already, are you know, at all times. I think that's why we as Christians believe that his return is imminent. Like he can return at any any time. So with us, I think the the greatest testimony that we're going to have as a people of God is the peace that we have in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. even in the midst of all the things that are going on, you know, I, I think that his people are going to be marked by peace, not panic. And so mm-hmm. in, all the, in order to do that, we have to be we have to make sure that we are connected to the vine. We have to be, make sure that we are in a place where we're not, you know, just listening continuously to what the world is saying, what the media is saying, but what is the word of God saying as well, you know, and that should trump everything else, you know, and if not, we're going to be in a state of panic at all times. Every time something like this happens every time. And that's not how we are supposed to be as the believers of God. That should be a steadiness.
1: That's right. That's right. You know, I was thinking about, um, and I know we're we're getting the phone lines queued Mm -hmm. up here, but I was thinking about what we were reading. Um, I think it was yesterday in Acts chapter 18 where, um I think it was j d who had the question when the Lord comes to Paul in a vision and tells Paul not to be afraid any longer, right, mm. not to be afraid any longer that um there's not going to be any um hands laid on him, like there's not going to be any um physical harm to his body, um you know, and I think they're in Corinth when he gets this vision from the Lord, and I'm thinking about how even now there are people who are searching the scriptures and Mm -hmm. they're trying to figure out, well, when is it going to happen? And, you know, there's all sorts of um, end times debate on, you know, people will ask you questions. You got to go to school to know how to answer them or even to know what they're asking. Are you pre-trib, post-trib or (laughs) mid-trib? And you're like, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) You know, Um, I will say this. Just don't make any plans on defecting don't mm. I, it doesn't matter where you know just just don't make any plans of walking away or yeah. fainting in the times of trial and mm, the try in the times of suffering and you don't have to worry about when it happens because whenever it does happen know that you have received this seal of the Holy spirit that you are marked right Amen. there is a deposit guaranteeing that when the lord jesus comes back you will be caught up to be with him Amen. so the Holy Spirit seals you so whenever that time is I don't care what befalls you? What what happens, right? Mm-hmm. We have this um, assurance. We have this confidence. And we should not just kind of, you know, dismiss that Amen. flippantly. Amen. All right. Where do we go first?
2: Let's go to Ann in Missouri. Hi, Ann. Hi. Hi.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to
0: say that on um, Jan Markell's show, which is on American Family Radio mm-hmm. on the weekend. Yes. Um, they And they deal with prophecy all the
1: time. And...
0: Uh, they were talking about the Pope having some kind of announcement in may, I believe it's um, and I wish I had the exact date here for you, but mm-hmm. it the show was on um, several weeks ago
2: okay and
0: basically <laughs> it's about some kind of it sounded
1: like a merger between that, um, with Islam and Catholicism, mm. but um, you would have to listen to the show okay. to hear about it. So, yeah, anyway. we would have to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, yeah we, we're fans of Jan yeah, Markell. We love Jan Markell. <laughs> we're familiar yeah. with her program, um, but I'm not familiar with that topic or where they were going or what the announcement was. So that would be something that I'd have to listen to. But thank you so much for calling, Anne. I you. appreciate it. Where do we go next, Will the Great?
2: Let's go to Mike in West Virginia. Hi, Mike.
1: Hi, Will. Uh, thank you for taking my call.
2: Oh, no problem.
0: Uh... Granted that, of course, Jesus is coming back someday. I think there's entirely too much talk about the last days of the end times. I mean, I personally spent 32 years hearing, 32 and a half years, hearing people insist that there would not be a year 2001.
1: (laughs) Well, look, Mike, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Here is one thing that we do know. We can say for certain that we do know that we don't know the day. Okay, (laughs) no, there you go. There are many things I'll give you disclaimers. I'll say, well, you know, no, but here is what we know. So if you ever have anyone telling you, I know that we're not going to do this or I know that on this day and we have had this. Oh, my Mm. goodness. We have had this. Uh, you can refute it without question. You can, re- because the Bible tells us clearly that no man knows that. So thank you so much, That's Mike. Good. I appreciate thank it. You, Mike. Where do we go next? Will the great.
2: Okay. Let's go to Jesse in Alabama. Hi, Jesse. Hey, hey. I,
1: y- y'all have got to know what a blessing. Oh. Y'all have been a blessing to me and I've been unable to call because I only get to listen uh, due to my work, but since my work has completely shut down, I'm able to call and say, Will, mm-hmm. Kiki, we love y'all.
2: Oh, thank oh, you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. I
1: want to encourage you. Um, what I love about your show, you're real. I get to uh, hear stories about your children, and I uh, hope one day we get to meet them, but we are better off because of y'all serving the Lord. And. <sighs>
2: just want to encourage you. Oh, thank you so much. That is an encouragement, Jesse. Oh, that is
1: such an encouragement, man. I got to tell you, thank you so much for taking the time to call. May the Lord bless you Mm
2: -hmm. and continue
1: to encourage your heart as you're not doing what you normally do these days. May he uh, continue to give you enlightenment in the scriptures and encourage your heart. We appreciate you, Jesse. Thank you so much. All right. Well, the great, where do we go next?
2: Let's go to Elizabeth in Louisiana. Hi, Elizabeth.
1: Hey, I'm so glad to get to talk to you all. I listen to y'all every day on the drive home from the public school that I teach at.
2: Okay. Okay, and,
1: thank uh, you. And uh, I teach family and consumer science, otherwise known as home ah. I just wanted to brag <laughs> on my students because we've been out of school for two weeks officially now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, with the permission of my principal, I asked if any of my students who have sewing machines at home would be willing to make masks for Healthcare workers. Mm. There's a big demand in our area right now. Yeah, and I've got a whole bunch of students and former students who are sewing masks. They're not getting wow. a grade for this. They're not getting any kind of you know compensation other than just just doing something good for people. And wow. I just wanted to brag on my kids. At, that at is High wonderful.
2: School. That is awesome. Elizabeth,
1: where where are you right now? Where are you listening? Um, well, I'm in Shreveport right now. I teach at, at Houghton High School. Awesome. Okay, that is wonderful. Great Thank story. you so Thank much you for so sharing much. that. And can I just—I mean, you know, this Thank is gonna—this is old school, but I just want to shout out home ec. Like yeah, I don't know why I we ever downplayed home right. ec. Right?
2: I didn't think that was still in school, but hey, that, that's I'm Elizabeth. glad. <laughs> I'm God glad to hear
1: that because <laughs> so many don't have home ec skills. Man, awesome. you know, watch some of the YouTube videos and. <laughs> All right, can openers, basic life skills. Anyway, Elizabeth, that is great. Thank, thank you so you. much for sharing that. Will the Great, where do we go next?
2: Let's go to Vincent in uh, Texas. Hi, Vincent.
1: Hi. Uh, Hi.
0: Happy to be able to speak with you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, yes. God go bless ahead. you. Awesome. Uh, thank you. Um, I'm so glad uh, you are able to pick up my call. I'm coming to you from College Station, Texas. Okay. Uh, I'm a student at Texas A&M University.
2: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Um, yeah, I'm actually uh, just so glad that I came across your radio channel. It came at a, a great time for me uh, as I've been trying to share encouragement to uh, everybody that I can. Um, I'm actually uh, a, a part-time worker as a student. Um, I've just been insanely busy trying to find jobs. Um, I actually I work in uh, a series of research um, trying to apply it for public health now, mm-hmm. um, as well as I work uh, as a caregiver. Uh, for elderly and disabled people mm. wow. um, and I'm just I'm so glad that I was able to come across this radio station today as I was driving for work um, and I was just uh, just mulling over I'm just so thankful I was able to record uh, the audio from the from the broadcast that y'all put out um, and I was able to get those Bible verses that way because I've just been looking for uh, for ways to share with people um, I encouraged a, a big group at a meeting I had last night to send out donations to uh, local um, local food banks and pregnancy centers in mm-hmm. our area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just shared with them my message was, uh, and this I, I truly feel like came from the Lord in prayer was, if you, if today had been, you know, at the end of a day, being able to ask myself, if today had been the end of the world would I be proud of how I conducted myself? If, mm. if last week had been wow. the end of the world, would I be proud of how I conducted myself? And mm. I just encouraged everybody uh, to pray the serenity prayer, to pray uh, to flee to God in prayer, and to just just cry out, but also just to continue seeking wisdom from any source, and to uh, be able to accept the love from your enemies, your friends, your coworkers, um, to be able to learn from everyone and find the Lord and in all of that. Amen. Thank you so much. Well,
1: thank you, Vincent. Thank I you, appreciate Vincent. that, and, and thank you for your encouragement. That that really does mean a lot. I would say this. I would echo that the wisdom that is found in the Word of God um, <clears throat> cannot be matched. And That's right. there is not a situation that we're going to walk through. There is not a discouragement that we're going to face that we cannot find comfort in the word of God. And so I agree with Vincent that we pray, we seek the Lord and seek wisdom in the scriptures. Right. We can be an encouragement one to another. But also I was thinking as Vincent was talking, you know, the Bible teaches us to really use our days wisely. Right. Mm. That we are to be wise with our days and to really make those days count. And what better uh, way to do that than to seek the Lord and know what pleases him. The Bible encourages us. Amen. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing.
2: God bless.